Welcome to the audio podcast of Believer's House. We are a multi-generational, multi-ethnic church in the city of Halifax, Nova Scotia, called to lead people to Jesus, make them more like Him, and see them lead others to Him. We hope this message you are about to listen to inspires you to become more like Jesus in your thoughts, words, and actions. James chapter 3, I'm going to read from verse 3 to verse 6. Uh, I hope I didn't mess up you guys' plan today because I didn't give you a heads up that I wanted to be down here today. <laughs> but I hope you are, you can, you're good, right? Everything is fine. All right. Uh, I, just, I just sensed in my spirit that this is where God wanted me to be this morning. It's very weird for a Sunday morning, but uh, I, I, do, I do things that way. Once I feel, I sense it in my heart that this is, this is how the word is supposed to come. So James chapter number three, let's start out here from verse three. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and return their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles, and the tongue is a fire a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the cause of nature and it is set on fire by hell. This morning, like I said last week, I want to talk about why we make confessions. Why we make confessions. This is a message that I've taught before. Um, This is probably the third or fourth time that I'm teaching this message, Not, not just here, um, I mean, the, the, the very first time that I taught this um, was while I was the, a youth pastor of a teenager's church, and I taught them this, this principle in a different way, in a slightly, like I was saying now, that, you know, when you are a teacher, there are different forms. They, they, the way you communicate things, you know, to teenagers is not the way you will communicate it in an, in an adult's church. So I taught it in a very different form there, uh, and, and it, was, it, was, it, it was quite powerful because, I mean, even this week, I still got a testimony not from the message that I taught at Believer's House, but the one that I taught at GLT <laughs> that was put on the podcast that somebody listened to. And he sent me, um, and, and he just, he, I, I wish I could even read the thing. It was, he just, you know, went very short testimony about, you know, um, how he was inspired by that message. And he just exposed him to this principle of confession. And he actually sent me a video of his kids now making their own confessions. Right? And he has it on YouTube that they, they make these declarations and that it was because of that message that he heard. So sometimes um, messages like this, that's why here we're not going to be afraid to repeat things. Uh, because I've said it over and over again, go back and listen to this message. But the truth is that you will not listen to it. No matter how many times I say go back and listen to it, you will not listen to it. Because there's something about human nature that feels like you, know, you want to. That's why when you're watching something that is a live stream, um, even if you have missed a lot of it, you still want to jump back to the life instead of staying and catching up of what you missed. Because something in our minds tells us that if, we are not, if it's not live, there's something wrong with it. And there was a time when things were not live on, online. <laughs> and we have completely forgotten that time. You know, when the first time a live broadcast came on television, we were all surprised that how are they able to do a live broadcast? You know, but now everybody wants everything to be live. So I, I, want, to, I want us to build a culture around here where we're not afraid to repeat stuff. We're not afraid to go back to messages. That's why I, I told PD that you know, message on fasting, before we start the fast, go back to it. 
Let's, let's go back to every single thing. She has taught that message before. She has preached it before. So it wasn't like, you know, something that I was hearing for the first time. But when you want to embark on a journey like this that we are on, you need faith inside your heart. Please stay with me. Don't, don't, I don't like it when you get, don't get carried away. Just focus, focus. It's a spiritual discipline. <laughs> stay focused, all right? So, so you, 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 you realize that, you know, when you want to embark on a journey of faith, something that is, you know, an exercise like this, you have to have faith in your heart for what you are doing. Otherwise, that's where weakness comes from. That's where when you wake up in, on, on one day, you feel like, today I just don't feel like fasting. You don't feel like it because there's no faith for it. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That's how faith comes, all right? So the scriptures tell us here that we put bits in horses' mouths so that they can obey us. Uh, in the same way, we put the word of God on our lips deliberately so that life can obey us. This is the principle. It's like the story that Bill Johnson told uh, about when he was riding a horse. Uh, he said he got on a horse one time, and the horse, there was no bits in the mouth of the horse. So he didn't have uh, any, any rope to hold on to in order to direct the horse. And the horse just took off. Took off, and he held on for his life. And, and all the, the horse was aiming for was to get him off of, him, of himself. So he was going under trees that had branches so that he can knock him off. And he said that was the worst experience ever. <laughs> that the horse was just trying to get him off. And this is how it is when you are, you are, you are going about life without having control of life. Where you don't, you don't have a bit in the mouth of the horse. This is a scriptural illustration. It's not something that, that is made up. That when you put a bit in the mouth of the horse, the purpose of that is to direct it. To tell it exactly where you need to go. So that life is not pushing you into places just to knock you off course. But you are actually going on a journey that you have already pre-planned with God's word. Do you understand this? This is why this is important. When we talk about confession, we're not talking about um, the Catholic church form of confession. Uh, that you come and tell the pastor what you have done. That's not what we're saying. Because people have different concepts. So that's why I want to teach this. And I want to show you from scripture why we do this. Why it is a scriptural thing to do. So that every day you are doing it. You are doing it under the right atmosphere. You are doing it with faith in your heart. And you know, it's not, you're not just doing it because, uh, you know, I'm going to ask you, have you been doing the confession? And you raise up your hand, right? But you know exactly why you're doing it from God's word. So what is confession? What is confession? Let's start here from Hebrews chapter number 4 and verse 14. I have a lot of scriptures to show you today because I want this to be grounded on the word of God, all right? Hebrews 4, 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Confession is the word homologia in the Greek. Homologia is the word confession. It means to agree, to assent, accord. It means agreement, and it means covenant. To agree, assent, accord, agreement, covenant. That's what this word means. It means to speak or say the same with another. The word confession means to speak or say the same with another. So in this case, confession means saying the same thing as God. Saying what God has said concerning something. So God speaks to you about a situation so that you can inform the situation what God will do. 
This is the way it works. God will speak to you. He will give you his word concerning a particular situation. The purpose of that word is not to hear it and say, yeah, good word, good preaching. That's nice. It's for you to take that word and address the situation and tell the situation what God is about to do concerning it. That is the purpose of it. So God shows us his will for us in his word so we can pray that will and speak it into the earth. So when God reveals his will to us in the word, what he wants us to do is to take those words, right, and pray them. That is what, what we call war, a good warfare with the word. You pray those things. And then you declare them into the earth. You speak them out of your lips every single day, every time you are faced with that situation or that challenge. That word now becomes a weapon. It is a tool in your hand that you are now using to fight. Daniel chapter 10 and verse 12. Daniel 10, verse 12. Look at what he says. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. This is the angel speaking to Daniel, telling him the reason why he came. He said, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. So I can say to you confidently, that from the first day that you embarked on this fast, this is what he's saying. This, Daniel was on a fast here too. He says that from the first day you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. So every single word that you have been speaking, there is an angel, literally, that is coming with the answer to the result of the words that you have been speaking. This is why we are putting deliberate words on our mouth. It's not just for, you know, just to, to sound like a church or to be, you know, because people have a lot of ideas about this stuff and they just feel like, no, no, no. And, and then they say stuff like, what about people, you know, that don't make confessions, you know, and their life is prospering. I tell people that you, you define prospering by your own understanding of prospering. There is something called good, better, best. Huh? The fact that you have, um, you have just a practical example, you have a car, you know, that, that has moonroof does not mean that other people don't have car that is self-driving. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? So you can't say because you are seeing, and it's very hard to, to convince somebody who has some measure of results that there is a better way of doing things. It's very, very difficult because people will tell you, that, ah, but I have results, but you are looking at the results that you have, but you don't know that God has exceedingly great and precious promises for you. Exceedingly, if what you are, you are enjoying that you are calling results is not exceedingly great and precious promises, you are, you are not yet there. There is still, are you with me this morning? You are not yet there. I know you are cold, but be put together. You can't be colder than me. I'm, I'm not even wearing a jacket. <laughs> Glory to God. All right, so God will do whatever he hears you say. This is the whole idea, all right? So there's always more that God has in store for you. There's always more. So don't, don't stay with, you know, the, the, the worst you can do. Worst case scenario, like, like, like we said, practice this for the first three months of this year. And I'll teach you on one of the Wednesdays, why three months? I will go into the Word and show you. But this is the goal. Practice it for, this, for the first three months of this year. And compare your life huh, on the year that you practice it with the ones that you don't. That's what I'm asking you to do. I've done this for many years. So I'm not teaching you stuff that you know, I read in a book or that I learned. It's, what I've, it's how, how my life has come to this point. There's no explanation for, for why my life is at this point. There's no explanation for it. I, have no, I was not born with any silver spoon. I, I always tell you, I was not even born with any spoon. 
Those people don't have silver spoon. Me, there was no spoon at all. <laughs> so to come, I'm telling you, so it's not, it's the word of God is what I've practiced with. It's what I've, I've worked with in my life. And that's what I'm teaching you. So it's not like I'm just teaching stuff. And, and, and like I said to you, there are people who are not even here who are, you know, taking these things very seriously and they're having results. And I want you to have results in your life this year. I really, really want that. Numbers chapter 14, verse 28. Let's keep going here. Lots of scriptures today. This kind of feels like edify in a way. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. Do you see this? This is what God said. Exactly whatever you are saying, this is what I will do. So you have to war a good warfare, fight a good fight for the word to come to pass in your life. The word of God doesn't just come to pass automatically. Uh, when God gives us a word, we have to fight, contend for it. First Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. 1 Timothy 1, 18 to 19. Write the scriptures down, okay? I'm just showing you references. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck. So I'm just showing you all the scriptures to let you see that we are expected to wage a good warfare with God's word. When God gives us a promise for a new year, we have to war a good warfare. And the good warfare is that we are contending with that word and we are, we are declaring that word and superimposing it over every circumstance and over every situation that we face. Second Peter 1 verse 19. 2 Peter 1.19, it says, And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. Look, it's telling you the nature of the prophetic word. It says, the prophetic word, you need to take heed to it as a light that shines in a dark place. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. That morning star is not going to rise outside. It says, until it rises inside your own heart. So you are supposed to take that prophetic word and use it, war with it, until it comes to a point where the day dawns, where you see exactly what you are supposed to do. The day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart, which means that it now becomes the joy and the rejoicing of your heart. That beyond what you see on the outside, everything going on in the, in the natural environment is no longer your focus. But that word has become so real to you that it has become a morning star that has risen up in your heart. At that point, there's nothing that can stop that word from coming to pass. The work that you need to do is to get to the point where out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is speaking. That's the work that needs to be done. So the work you are doing every day as you are doing it morning and night, the reason why you are doing it morning and night is not because if you miss one night, God will, will flog you. No, there's nothing like that. It's to increase the measure. It's to just to double up on the measure till it gets to overflowing in your heart. So that when anything happens, even when you don't have your confessions with you or whatever it is, you are so full of it that the first response, because whenever a, a negative situation happens to you, when something happens to you that is a negative situation, something you don't like, let me tell you, the first five minutes, huh, you, get a, you get a sack letter. Somebody, you know, they come, you go to work, they, they told you, uh, we, don't, we no longer need you. Look, there's something my pastor always says, that for a Christian, for a child of God, Nothing can go wrong. You need to have this mindset as a child of God because it says all things work together for your good. 
because you love God and you are called according to his purpose. So for you as a child of God, nothing can go wrong. If something happens that in the natural looks like it is going wrong, you have to have that superior mindset to understand that there is a better plan in this thing for me. So you have to understand that, that God is for you. you that one is settled. So the fact that they fired you at work, look, the first five minutes eh, after that thing has happened, the response that you give at that time is, is almost like you have been given a gun with a trigger. What you do at that moment is what determines what's going to happen next. And I've seen this over and over again. The people that, that, that respond with joy and thanksgiving, I'm saying you were fired from work. But the people who respond with joy and with thanksgiving in their hearts are the ones who enter into the promise of God. Not those who, you know, just be crying, yeah, yeah, yeah. You heard that testimony of the lady that we read in the watch night service. Not just be shouting, oh, yeah, what am I going to do? And I'm not saying that those situations will not trigger up an emotion. That's where the content of your heart, we will now see what has been going on there. So that's why you are doing this work, all right? You know, it doesn't get established in your heart until it comes out of your mouth consistently. Because your words are the fastest way to get something into your heart in abundance. That is the fastest way, through your words. It's not, it's not even by, by watching something repeatedly. How many times have you watched a video of a message or something and you finish the message, you can't even remember most of the things that were there. No, you are not the one eating it. The person who was saying it is the one who is eating the word. <laughs> because it's, it's, as it comes out of your mouth, it enters your heart in abundance. As it comes out of your mouth, it enters your heart in abundance. The reason is because your words always override your thoughts. And, I, and I've, I've given you this illustration over and over again. Let me ask you now, as you're sitting down now, just pay attention, okay? As you're sitting down now, start counting in your heart. Let me use one, one specific person so that you will get it. Joseph, let me use you as the example, okay? Start counting in your heart now from 1 to 10. At some point, I'm going to ask you a question, all right? Start counting now. What's your name? Are you still counting? Because you can't do those two things together. Yeah. The reason is that your words, huh? if anything that is coming out of your mouth has to stop what is going on in your mind. That's the whole idea. So as you declare it, it's a very simple principle, but if you, are not, if you, if you don't use it, it will not work. It's as simple as that. So the, the more I told you, look, I've been in... The, the most recent one is the, is the church. That's why I keep using that as an example. But this is, these, are, these are principles that I've practiced over. And if I get into a situation and I find that this thing is, is, a, is a problem, I'm afraid of it. It's a, it's, it's a worrisome situation. This is the principle. I draw up a confession. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be big. It's the ones for the year that are always a, uh, uh, long. But if I'm facing a situation that is, that is a simple situation I want to confront... I draw up a confession that I am declaring from God's word concerning that thing every single day. Every single day. Look, if it, if it starts coming to me, if the negative thought starts coming to me 10 times a day, I will open it up and respond 10 times a day. Every single time that that thought comes to me. It doesn't matter where I am. Every time that thought comes to me, I respond. Because I know that after some time, that thought will stop coming 10 times a day. It will start coming 5 times a day because I'm responding. After some time, it will be once a day. After some time, it will disappear. Because now, the word of God that I've, I'm eating has taken over that thing. I hope I'm making sense. All right, let's keep going. So, as, and this is what meditation is. There are two aspects of meditation, but people always only think about the thinking part of it. The word meditation means to mutter 
and to think deeply. So it's not just to sit down and just be thinking. No, that's not what meditation means. Meditation means mutter, mutter. Open up your mouth and say something. That's meditation. You take something and you say it over and over again, over and over again, over and over again. That's what meditation is. And then the other part of it is the thinking part of it, where you are thinking about it deeply. You are thinking about it deeply. So you find instructions when you meditate. That is how you observe to do. Psalm number 39 from verse 1 to 3. Let's read this one. Psalm 39, 1 to 3. I'll just read it. It says, I said, I will guard my ways, lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle while the wicked are before me. I was mute with silence. I held my peace even from good, and my sorrow was stirred up. My heart was hot within me while I was musing. The fire burned, then I spoke with my tongue. Because to eat God's word, you see, you have to open up your mouth. That's the way. Look, when you come to church, when you come to church and and I'm preaching everywhere. As I'm preaching, you are not the one eating the word. And this is what many Christians don't understand. Eh? That this is why it looks as if the ministers and pastors and all these people, they, they, are, they, they, are, they, they always seem to, I'm, I'm trying to be careful now, they always seem to make more progress than the rest of their congregation. The simple trick is that they are the ones who are actually practicing the principles of God's word. Look, before I came to share this thing with you, do you know how many times I've gone over the scriptures? Like, I've, I've, I've eaten it over and over again. You might hear this now, you will write the thing, you might never go back to your note again. And you expect that, you know, this, just you listening for 45 minutes, you know, and it has been proven that no matter what you listen to, you cannot retain, look, the best of us, genius, you can't retain more than 30% of anything that you hear. You will only retain the ones that, that, you know, meet, there's a criteria that they use that your frame of reference can connect with. Those are the ones that you retain. That's why I give you a lot of scriptures because I know that you remember everything, but you might remember two or three that will be useful to you. Uh-huh. So I won't take the chance of giving you just two or three where you don't remember any one of them. <laughs> okay? So to eat the word, you must open your mouth. Jeremiah 15, verse 16. Jeremiah 15, 16. Let's keep going here. Your words were found, and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. See, until you get to the point where I told you, when I see some of those scriptures that God gave us concerning the church that I was declaring then, some, see, joy, you can't fake this stuff. Oh. Joy comes out of my heart with, with those, because of how I've practiced those words, how I've used those words, and the results that I've seen. So the way you get excited when they tell you to come and do something you really love, you know, or when they say it's time to break the fast, uh-huh. the, the way joy comes, that kind of joy has to be coming from God's word to you. That's what he's talking about. That the word of God becomes your joy and the rejoicing of your heart. This is when you know that you have, it has entered you in abundance. So you confess the word until it becomes your source of joy and not the circumstances around you. So whether the circumstances are good or they are bad, it is not what gives you joy. So whether they called you and said, you know, uh, we are calling you for the first interview, that is not your source of joy. That's not your source of joy. You know that that is, that is something that is, you are making progress in that way, but your joy comes from God's word. So you still go back to God's word and continue declaring it. It's not when they call you for the interview, you now say, oh, it's time for testimony now. It's time to come and collect the microphone and share a testimony. <laughs> There's no, you know, no, 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 no. You continue practicing God's word. You stay with the word until you get the result of what you are looking for. So, again, people always ask the question, how does it work? You just, just declare the word and then 
somehow the thing will just happen. Let me show you what the Bible says about it. It's just the same way when you eat food. Huh? You eat food. There is a system that God has put in place on the inside of you to take care of the rest of the matter. The minute you eat the food, that's not your problem. The, your problem is make sure you are eating the right thing. <laughs> because it's garbage in, garbage out. Whatever you put in is what you will see the result of. All right, Mark chapter number four. So it's the same thing with the word of God because the word of God is spiritual food. That's what it is. Mark four from verse 26. Look at this. It says, and he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night. The word of God is the seed now. You know that. And should sleep by night and rise by day. And the seed should sprout and grow. He himself. Oh, are you reading or you are sleeping? He himself does not know how. It's just like somebody who puts water in the... I always use this because this is what I mean I like to do. I like, I like using ice cubes for anything. And that's why I'm not cold because cold is part of my system. I put ice cubes in anything, anything at all. So when you put ice cubes inside the refrigerator, huh, and you shut the door, are you the one who goes there to be, what, what do you do? You go and be checking and be knocking on the thing and make sure that it forms and becomes, I, no, no, you don't do that. You don't do that. There's only one thing that you need to worry about. Make sure that the thing is connected to the source. That's all. It's the same thing with God's word. Make sure that you are connected to the word. And you declare God's word, you live. It says you should go to sleep by night. Go and sleep and rise up by day. And the seed will sprout and grow by itself. So this, this is the principle. This is how it works. I, if you ask me, what is the process that makes it? It says for the earth yields crops by itself. By itself. The earth has been programmed this way to respond to your words. Just the same way that it responded to the words of Jesus when he was on earth. The same way it responded to God at the beginning. Because you are made in the image of God. You are another speaking spirit like God. For the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. And I've taught this before too. That what I just said now about you know, testimony, like something happens that looks like progress in that direction. That's why you see me. It's not, it's not because I'm not excited when new people join the church or anything like that. It's because I understand the principle of the blade. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, you know, just go all out and, and say, ah, fall, let's be, I'm just happy. No, 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 no. You stay, look, your joy needs to come from God's word. Because what will happen is that if you, if you re respond that way, the day somebody leaves the church, then you respond the other way. Do you see that? You respond the other way. And, and, and you cannot be, when you, when you are like that, you are a double-minded man that is unstable in all his ways. Don't let that man think that he will receive anything from God. I'm quoting the Bible. <laughs> Don't let him think he will receive anything from God. A double-minded man. So it's not, they gave you a raise. That's great. You rejoice. I'm not saying you're not, you not grateful. We've taught that. You rejoice. You are grateful for it. But your focus remains on the word. On the word. Because for all you know, that could be the blade. Yeah, that could be the blade. So you stay with God's word. It's not then that you now pack it up. Even the confessions I was making, when before we started the church, that still had, you know, uh, the coastlands shall, shall hear their voice. They are coming from, I am still declaring it. Some of them is, is relevant for when you are starting, but I'm still declaring it. Because I've not seen the full head of those words yet. I haven't seen it. So I'm not going to pack it aside. Look, that con where's my Bible? Please bring it. That confession is so rugged, the, the thing. Eh? I, I think it's in that Bible. I hope so. 
It's so rugged now that, but I still declare my thing. I don't even, oh, he's in the other one. See, brand new Bible, I put brand new things there. But <laughs> if you look at the confession, you, the, the middle, everything has torn like this. Is, is, but I still declare it because I have not yet seen the full result of it. Uh-huh. And, I'm, and I'm expecting that result. So you don't throw things away and just say, you know, because oh, I've seen, you know, some things. Some things have happened that way. No, 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 no. That's not the way this thing works. So we keep our focus on God's word. We're not keeping our focus on the circumstances around us, whether they are improving or they are not improving. The other question people, people ask me, I've not even gotten to my point yet, but I'll stop when my time is up. Why do we do it morning and evening? Why do I keep insisting that it's morning and evening? I've shown you that scripture. It's not me that said it. It's what the Bible said. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law, Joshua 1 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it. And we've already said what meditating is. Meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do. This is the reason why you are meditating in it day and night, so that you can observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. Meditation on God's word is the key to successful living. There is no other way to go about this thing. And meditation don't get it twisted, is muttering and thinking. When you are making confessions, you are meditating. That's why sometimes that confession is just as hard as when you want to sit down and think. Have you noticed that you get halfway through it, you're like, the threshold of the knowledge. That's why it's hard. That's why it's hard. It's just the same way that meditating, sitting down to read something is hard. It's the same way. So this is what it is. And you know, when, you, when, when, when um, you go to a doctor, look at what it says in the NIV. It says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Always on your lips. Like when you go to a doctor, huh, and you go there and they give, you, they give you tablets and say, take this in the morning and take it in the night. Right? Take it morning and night. Take it morning and night. If you, let's say they say, take it for a week, seven days, morning and night. If you take it, morning and night for three days. Let me ask you a question. Are you going to see results? Answer the question. Do you understand now why some people still see results with God's word? But you now stop on the third day, huh? and you go back to the doctor. <laughs> After seven days, you now go back. And the doctor now asks you, did you do this thing for seven days? You said, no, I stopped third day. What is the next thing the doctor would do? Okay, doctor said, we need to examine you. Because as far as the doctor is concerned, this thing has not yet done the job that he's supposed to do. He knows. Immediately you say you stopped on the third day, the doctor knows that what you... Because you will think that you have your... My, my time is not up now. No weapon formed against me will prosper. So, so you, in your own mind, you will think that, ah, ah, but I saw results. You know, because the minute you start taking it, the minute you start taking those tablets, you will, you will start noticing some little, little changes. But when you get to the point where you are comfortable, <laughs> where you can say, I'm no longer sick, <laughs> even though you are not yet healed, you are not yet, the job is not done, you will now stop at that point. That's what we do with God's word. Then we stop midway because, I mean, I, I mean I, I'm not even doing it morning and night. I'm doing it only morning. Yet, I have four testimonies already. You know, like the, the testimony that somebody sent to us recently. I already have four testimonies this year and one massive one is coming. But I'm not even, I'm just doing it morning, morning alone. Now imagine if you were actually obeying the scripture and doing it morning and night. Imagine what will happen to you, right? So this is the thing. If God says day and night, do it day and night. 
but it is not a condemnation thing where you miss one day, you now start saying, ah, I've missed it. Then, no, 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 that's not the idea. Just, you miss out on it, and, and, and here, I don't, I mean, I don't believe in that principle of, oh, you miss one day, then you have to do two days. Uh, uh, we don't do that, okay? We don't do that. You miss, you miss. It's good. Continue on the journey. It's just like the fast that you are doing. You, you wake up one day, like, like the fellow that was saying that when we're supposed to be breaking with fruit and vegetable, he was eating about. <laughs> I even like him that he was able to confess. And that's, that's okay. Like, I'm, God is not a taskmaster. Look, fasting is supposed to help you to achieve a certain result. The, 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 the idea is not that you were able to fast, but that you were able to achieve the result that fasting is supposed to help you achieve. Do you understand this? That's the thing. So, so don't, don't get hung on, you know, on, uh, then, then you now get this superior, you know, thing of, ah, I did the fast. Ah, I did it exactly how they say. You are now entering self-righteousness. So it, the idea is that even people that don't, don't, you know, for some reason, they don't fast. Huh? But they can, they can by some, some way, get themselves to do this discipline. Huh? And, and declare God's word morning and night, read their Bible, pray, do everything. Look, they will achieve results more than you if you, if you fast morning to night and don't pray and don't read your Bible. I'm telling you. Yeah, if, if your goal is to prove that I can, I can go without food. Because you going without food is supposed to help your body to cooperate, to be subdued, to now let your spirit man... This morning, the reason why it was so hard this morning when we were praying here is because Satan knows that. Look, he knows all. It will, it will orchestrate everything in a way that if you are not sensitive, you think it's just the natural thing. That the day you are fasting is the day people will not show up for fresh oil. Because he knows that if you declare those words at, at that time, in that season, when you are fasting, something will break. He understands all these things. It's weird that we are just sitting down, we are just, we are saying, it's snowing today. You open the window, it's snowing. Where's my phone? Text pastor. I'm not coming to church today. I'm even happy that you, that you text me. That I am not coming. <laughs> but all I'm saying is that Make sure that you are doing the discipline. Make sure you are doing it, all right? This is very, very important, all right? Let's keep going. I still have a few more scriptures to show you. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 to 21. Proverbs 18, 20 to 21. Why do we make confessions? A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. This is how God has designed it. Your life will be satisfied from the fruit of your mouth, from the produce of his lips, it shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. As, as we go along during the Wednesday services, I will, be, I will be putting some more things on this, because confession is, is almost like the entry level <laughs> in this thing. There are other things that we put on top of this stuff, but let's just keep it, let's take it one step at a time. Get this discipline down first, all right? Then we'll talk about other things as we go along. So this is God's design. Uh, to satisfy you with good things. Romans chapter 10, from verse 8 to, to verse 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 8 to 10. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So what is this? What is this saying? This principle is not just a principle for um, getting people born again. It says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Confession is made unto salvation means that confession is what gets you out of any situation. 
So whether that situation is sin, it's confession that will get you out of it, declaring that Jesus is Lord. Whether that situation is lack, confession is what you make unto salvation. It's what catapults you out of that situation unto salvation. That's exactly what he's talking about. So, you're, you're, and it's not what you, what you start, you know, um, trying to do as, as, a, as, a, as a strategy for emergency. <laughs> like something, something happens, like, no, it's something you do ahead of time. You do it ahead of time. And, I, and I'll teach this, how Jesus, he didn't wait until he got to the tomb of Lazarus. Uh-huh. He, had, he had done some work before he got there. And all he needed to do there was just to declare. So when you speak God's word, let me go back to that. That's Romans chapter 10. When you speak God's word out of your mouth, you are releasing its power, and we use God's word as a weapon when we declare it. When we declare God's word, we are using it as a weapon. Let me quickly explain something here about this thing we call Rema. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. It says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So we, we, we know, you know, the, the, that there are, there are two words um, in the Greek that mean the word. There's logos, which is the written word, and there's rhema, which is the spoken word, which is the quickened word. Now, there is a, there is a, a definition of the word rhema that people don't share because it doesn't, it doesn't help it to sound nice. But this is the definition, and I, I lifted this straight from the, from the Greek dictionary of the New Testament. The significance of rhema as distinct from Logos, is exemplified in the injunction to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This is Ephesians 6, 17. Here, the reference is not to the whole Bible as such, but to the individual Scripture, which the Spirit brings to our remembrance for use in time of need. A prerequisite being the regular storing of the mind with Scripture. This is the meaning of rema. So when you say, oh, God just gave me rema, there's no rema that you did not know before. So God cannot just give you, you know, rema. He says the prerequisite is the regular storing of the mind with scripture. It, it is out of that abundance that the Holy Spirit will now pick one scripture that he can, he can use at that specific moment and give it to you. If God wants to really, really have mercy on you and he knows that you don't have that scripture, he will now tell you to go and open your Bible. <laughs> That's when God really wants to have mercy on you. Will let you can open your Bible, then it will, it will lead you to that scripture, then you will see it. But that scripture has to exist. It's not that it's just something out of the, out of the blues. So the whole idea is that we are regularly storing up our minds with the word of God. These 21 days, take, take away all the other things that you know that you know, confuse you. you know, all these TV shows and whatnot. Take them out of the picture. Focus on the word of God. Load yourself up with God's word. All right, because this is how God operates. The Bible says He calls those things that be not as though they were. That is Romans chapter 4 and verse 17. This is God's modus operandi. This is how He operates. He calls those things that be not as though they were. The, 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 the rendering of, of, um, of Genesis when God was saying, uh, Let there be light, um, in, in the Hebrew is not let there be light that God was saying. He said, Light be. Light was. It's as simple as that. That's, that's what God was saying. Light be. So he wasn't, he wasn't praying to anybody to say, let there be. It's almost like you are praying to God. God, let there, let there not be rain or let there be rain. No, no. He was just speaking things to be. He was just speaking things to be. And, and that's exactly how he operates. But light was not what was existing. It was darkness that was upon the face of the deep. But God did not say darkness, go away. He only spoke exactly what he wanted to see. And this is how we operate. He says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him, 
whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. This is why you see that most of the time when we, when we write confessions, we start from the end of things. So we are not, we are not you know, talking like we are praying in a confession. We are starting from the end of it. We are saying that at the end of this year, this is exactly what has happened to me. This is how we are praying. That's, that's how my own prayer life is designed in my private space. I don't pray like that too much in the open because you need teachings like this for people to understand what you are doing. Uh-huh. So, so that it doesn't sound like, why, why their own prayer is just like this? No, no. Well, in my private space, that's how I pray. I don't pray, you know, just be, be begging God for everything. That's not where I, I thank God for things. Basically, that's how I pray. I thank God for things. So if, if I want to say, for instance, um, that the uh, believer's house has, has multiplied, we're having two services, which is what I'm praying now. At the end of this year, we'll be having two services here. Whether you believe it or not, uh, that's my own confession for the year. Uh-huh. That multiplication is taking place. So what I'm saying as I'm praying is, I'm not saying, God, please, oh, please, two services, oh, God, I'm begging you, oh, two services. I'm saying, Father, I want to thank you. Because at the end of this year, we had two services and we were full in each one. Do you understand? That is the, that's the way that a child of God prays. That's the way you approach things. So that you are not just, you know, because that's how God operates. That's what he says. That he calls things that be not as though they were. And when you are saying those things, they will sound foolish. They will sound foolish to people. People will hear you and say, ah, how, is the, how shall these things be? <laughs> like, like Mary, how, can, how shall these things be? But that's exactly how God wants you to do things. So you declare you are there now in order for the opportunity to show up. You have to, to be declaring it as a present reality so that the opportunity for that thing to happen will now show up. Let me show you the scripture that supports that. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 15. And I, and I mentioned this briefly um, last week. I'll close with this. I've not, I've not gotten to my point, so maybe on uh, Wednesday I'll, I'll share my points. <laughs> I'll just close here with this one. But I didn't even get to my three points at all. All right? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 15. Look at what it says. It says, And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. Do you see this? So he's saying, other translations say, if they were mindful. So how you become mindful of something, mindful is a combination of two words. Your mind is full of something. That's all it means. So that you are mindful of it means that your mind is full of it. It is by declaring it repeatedly that your mind becomes full of it. So when your mind becomes full of a particular thing, then the opportunity for that thing to come to pass in your life now shows up. That's when you now begin to observe to do. That's when you start to observe to do. You now start seeing exactly what you're supposed to do. The steps that you need to take now start showing up in your life. So you get your mind full of the word by declaring it constantly, constantly, constantly. I hope with these few points of mine, I've been able to convince you and not to confuse you. I, I, I know that sometimes some teachings like this don't sound exciting. It's not jump up and down, but it is foundational. You have to understand this. This, this you have to know. Uh-huh. So that when we start declaring, we'll go to our confessions now. Let's go all the way there. I'll leave all those other things. We'll, we'll talk about them. Maybe on Wednesday we'll do that or, or next week, whichever one. But let's just go back to our confessions and declare them all over again. Let's declare them just in case, you know, you are, you are skipping your, your tablets. Huh? This will be a, a refill. <laughs> Some of them are smiling. I can see it's those that are smiling. Uh, so we'll go, we'll go all the way there. All right, let's have it on the screen. Everybody, stand to your feet. Let's declare this together. And if you, are, if you are watching online, you're at home, you, you need to make this confession with us as well. Okay? Everybody want to go? In the name of Jesus Christ, I stand here with gratitude to God 
at the end of 2023, declaring that this has been the easiest year of my life so far. It was an epic year where the mighty hand of God and the wisdom of the Spirit came upon me in greater dimensions, giving me direction and taking away obstacles in the path of my greatness throughout the year. I applied my heart to wisdom in 2023 concerning all my affairs, and through this supernatural intelligence of God, I was empowered to reign in life as I discovered the revelation of wisdom every day and the impartation of spiritual understanding. Every day as I opened the scriptures, I received the keys to unlock the treasures of true knowledge, and I received the discipline to demonstrate wisdom in every relationship, according to Proverbs 1 verse 3. Through this wisdom, I excelled in every relationship within my life, my family, my health, my career, my studies, and above all, my relationship with God flourished by the Spirit of God, and I was able to discern and choose what is right and just and fair in my dealings with others. In 2023, I acquired great skill and received even greater understanding of my design and destiny, taking me further on the journey of purpose. I became even wiser, received greater discernment, and was able to acquire brilliant strategies for leadership, first of myself through daily discipline and others in my sphere of influence. The kingdom revelations I received from the Spirit of God opened up my understanding such that in all matters of wisdom and understanding, I was found to be ten times better than my peers. And God gave me knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And just as Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams, this year I received understanding to unveil the deeper meaning of riddles of life and to unravel the words and enigma of the wise. I crossed the threshold of true knowledge in 2023 because I lived in obedient devotion to God all through the year. I did not scorn wisdom and knowledge that God sent my way through various channels. Therefore, I received insights that brought me great success in every area of my life. My thought life was adorned with grace-filled thoughts, giving me reins to guide my every decision. Whenever I found myself in any difficult situation in 2023, I clearly heard the voice of wisdom behind me saying, this is the way to go, walk in it. I was not confused about anything in 2023. The spirit of wisdom was poured out upon me according to Proverbs 1.23, and I received help everywhere I turned in 2023 through his word, godly resources, and the men and women the Lord sent my way. According to Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, I put my trust in the Lord with all my heart this year. I did not lean on my own understanding concerning anything. Therefore, wisdom ensured that I acknowledged the Lord in all my ways, and it clearly directed my path. It directed my path to provision, to help, to health, to prosperity, to increase, to promotion, to surplus, and to my wealthy place. 
the instructions I received from the Word of God gave me an edge over my contemporaries in 2023, and my enemies stood no chance against me. I was considered smarter than my instructors. Through wisdom, I was able to watch my steps, avoiding pitfalls and traps of the enemy as I journeyed through the year according to Psalm 119, verse 98 to 100. I did not take any time-wasting detours this year, and I received perfect directions every step of the way. Even though I have enjoyed divine ease through the wisdom of God this year, I look forward to the year 2024 with even greater joy because I know that the path of the just is as a shining light that shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. Thank you for listening to this message from Believer's House. We hope you've been blessed. Please visit us at www.believershouse.church for more information about our church or to send us your questions, comments, and feedback. We hope to see you again soon.